0: 20, and it says, "For well, Since the creation of the world, God, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Okay, so since the creation of the world, since time began, in the sense of time in relation to this world began... It says that God's invisible qualities, is God visible? Can we see God at this point from the, our perspective? We can't, can we? Does that mean he's not there? No, God's still there. Can we see air? Can we see oxygen? No? How do we know it's there? We're breathing in, aren't we? We're breathing it. we're alive. We can't see it, but we can breathe it. How do we know God's there? Because we're alive. Because we're alive. Because we're here. We're not nothing. We're something. And the fact that there's something is evidence that there has to be a God. I'm going to explain that further as we go on. But since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities is eternal power and divine nature. The power of God is clearly seen, and his divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. There is no excuse. On the day of judgment, men will be without excuse. There will be no possible uh, recourse on judgment, because men are without excuse. Everything in this world testifies to the existence of God. Everything in this world and I'm going to explain just a few things. And there's some incredible uh, men, men and women of God in the world today that are actually bringing up so many astounding evidences for God. And why do I bring this up in church, in a church of, uh, you know, predominantly people that believe in God? Because sometimes we need evidences to bolster our faith. You know, do you ever get to the point where in your own mind you start to sort of lose that little bit of confidence that God truly does exist, that he truly is there and he truly loves us. Do you have am I the only one that has that experience that you sort of feel, you know, where is God? You know, he seems so far from me and some people, some Christians, many Christians actually, have turned from faith in God because of that. Many Christians have turned away from Jesus Christ because they lost confidence in Jesus' actually exists, that science has proven to them that God does not exist which it can't do, by the way science can't prove that absolutely not at all there's no possible way for science to prove it can science prove that love exists can you test love, in you know, a test you can you put it through rigorous scientific testing to prove that love exists can you
1: of course not. Love is something. Can we even explain
0: that half of time? You know how many songs have been written about it? Trying to explain it. You know how many poems have been written trying to describe love? But, but we know that it has to exist because it's something magical that happens inside you when you fall in love. Or when you have a child. Mother's here, father's What's it like when you first hold your your newborn child in your hands? What's it like? What's the first thing you feel for that child without knowing even why? Love. No, it's something. When you hold a newborn child in your hand, you just start to well up with tears. It's the most beautiful thing that you can be given in this life. But can science prove that you have a sense of love? You can't. Now, what is God? God is all. Love. Oh. Right, so how can science prove or disprove the existence of God? It can't even prove the love that we have. You know what I mean? So science cannot prove love. Can it? Science can't prove it. Love, do be no. Put your hand up if you believe love exists. Do you know love exists? But you can't explain it. You can't put it in the words. But love exists, and the Bible says that love, God is all love. Okay, so I'm going to just move on now. The first cause. So we're we're considering, and a few of you have heard me talk talk about this a few times. So we're considering the existence of God. We must consider how everything that is came to be. What caused the universe and all life to come into existence? So when we consider the existence of God we must consider everything that is and how it came to be. Because if you, if you don't go back to the first cause, if you don't go back to the very beginning and, and have a decent explanation, then you can be very deceived if you just take it for granted that there's a primordial soup in the universe, that a primordial soup just popped into existence. We need to know what cause that problem to come into existence. You can't just say you've got it. You know what I mean? The first cause is the very first thing that ever occurred in the universe. Isn't it? We're going to go back and find and try to ascertain what started this whole thing. What started this universe. Right? What Was it a big bang? The science pushed the big bang? Yeah. Does, does science push a singularity? You know what I mean by that? No? All right, I'm gonna I'll go a bit further so we can get an understanding. If we go back to the first cause, when no material thing existed, that was like last time, right? <laughs> when no material thing existed, there is only, only two accepted explanations for the universe, and, all, and that's all. There's only two explanations possible for the very first thing that ever occurred in the universe. There's only two, did you know that? Science will tell you there's only one. But there's only two. I believe there's only one plausible explanation. And I'm going to make it well clear why I believe that. I've listened to scientists expound on this subject for years and years and years. And I've never heard one decent explanation. They all get to the point where they say, well, we don't know how that happened. The greatest scientists on the planet, the greatest thinking men on the planet, and thinking women, get to a point where you push them back to the first cause they all come up with the same thing well we don't know how that happened and I go why don't? <laughs> you know and I didn't study science at university but I can give you a better explanation of what you're giving and, let's, and I'm going to show you right now the very first cause there is see that little dog can you who can see that well, that's actually much bigger than what they believe it was. That's, I've made it big enough so you can see it. But they believe that everything that is came into existence by nothing, by nothing, you must understand these words, everything that is came into existence, and guess what caused it? Nothing. Nothing. can come up with, seriously, when you come back to the beginning, that's their explanation, and this is the one that's pushed in the science books, this is the one that if you don't believe this you're an idiot for being a faith-filled Christian got, there's a guy called Trey Smith who just blows your mind with the knowledge that he comes up with, you know what they call it? a Christian propagandist, propagandist a Christian that producing propaganda videos against this <laughs> so everything that is came into existence by nothing by mere chance to like gambling who knows if you gamble long enough you will eventually lose everything right? you don't win ultimately you don't, you don't, who, who becomes a gambler and become a an ultimate you don't it's a sickness In <laughs> the end of the day right? so by chance you're rolling dice for no apparent reason, and I should have added over many beacons and beacons of years. <laughs> the atheist trinity. Guess what the atheists the, the atheists have a trinity that they believe in. Did you know that? And their trinity is nothing, time and chance, and a primordial soup.
1: Nothing, time and chance, and a primordial soup.
0: So then nothing is there, God the Father. Their time and chance is their son of God, and their primordial suit is their Holy Spirit. This is what we believe, and this is we are considered idiots for believing in this. Did you know that? By the scientific community. We believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. According to Genesis 1 1. Is that fair? Is it better than nothing? I've got a a student of mine who's uh, doing, he's in his last year of advanced sciences, he's doing a double degree in science. And I put to him and I I took him back and I said, okay, let's go right back to the beginning. I said, okay, I said, there's two possibilities. And he goes, oh, no, there's not. I go, okay, name the third. And he could could not name the third because every time he put every name, I said, no, you've just said the first one again. It's either nothing created everything or God created everything. Can nothing create? I'd like to see that. Can can nothing create? Because when you think of nothing, and and Richard Dawkins wants you to be well clear, he's talking about absolutely nothing. So he wanted to make that all clear. Because, you know, in his incredible intellect, he wanted you to understand not just nothing made something absolutely nothing made something and if you go back to absolute nothingness that means nothing not even a space universe, a space world universe that means no planet, no anything not even a pebble, nothing no consciousness no awareness nothing Try to contemplate that. That's worse than trying to contemplate a universe that never ends. that does your head in. I've sat there at night trying to comprehend absolutely nothing, and I couldn't comprehend it. Can you comprehend it? You know why we can't? Because the facts are that there is never, has never been absolutely nothing. Never, and it can't be. And you know why? because God exists. Before time came about, before space, endless space came about, before the material universe was created, guess what? There was God. Then people go, well, who created him? And i to talk about that in a second.
1: Whoever created him is God. <laughs>
0: yeah, you well, know, who created that God? Well, oh, that's the endless regression, isn't it? You just give God back. You created him, who him, Eventually you're gonna get to the first one, aren't you? But you know what? We have the first one. And his name is God. and he's him. He's the very first and only. And he's revealed himself in Scripture that everything is that is came into existence by a divine God of infinite wisdom. Infinitely intelligent. An intelligence that goes beyond words. Because if you study the the building of a cell, if you look at the building blocks of a cell under a microscope, it is mind-blowing, absolutely astonishing, the brilliance of our God to create the DNA and the RNA and all that other stuff and all the. Mitochondria and the cell nucleus and and the energy, all the energy that's going on in there and all the plasma and the way it works and the, it's like a city, it's like a factory in there and it's all got specific things that it has to do and it does it perfectly and it replicates itself and it just and, and it keeps on going like that. You know, if you look at that in science under a microscope, the scientists are just they're mind blown. They're gobsmacked. They can't believe. The technology of that cell. And guess what they say? All this from nothing. That's amazing. Go, wake up. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal
1: power and his divine nature have been clearly seen,
0: clearly seen, evidenced evidence in everything we look at. Every, everything we look at. When you pick up a little ladybug, and you put that ladybug on your finger, and you look at it and marvel at the beauty of that thing, and how cute it is. It's a cute thing,
1: isn't it? Little,
0: ladybug. little legs. It's got a sort of little system in there that makes it move. It's got a small thing that it does goes it's and eats, eats aphids. It's got a good, you know, never kill a ladybug. Look after it. you are going to it wonder of God. How did this beautiful thing just happen by chance, just pop into existence? It's like saying um, that a house just pops into existence. Just a house bank there it is, beautiful, furnished, everything painted, lovely, everything, and then you're just going, wow, look what happened by chance? And you'll say, sorry, man, I did a lot of hard yards on that house. You know to get it where it is. You know, it's cost me a lot. Well, it costs God a lot too. You know, it says that he breathed, he spoke, Well, he breathed and he created. I mean, he gave life to man, but he spoke, and everything that is came into existence. And the word that's used, speaking, is a vibration. That that vibration creates in life, and we think of, oh, what someone's speaking." Right? God spoke. It's very different to us speaking, but you know, when we speak, there's a vibration, and when we speak, can we speak things into existence? We add belief to our things that we say and then we act on them and what do we have? Things pop into existence. I am going to build a house down such and such on the beach. It's my dream. I'm going to make it happen. You speak it out and then the next thing you know what happens. If you follow up on it, if you believe in it, eventually you get your house by the beach just as you've spoken. But God's far more, it's far more powerful than that. We're talking about a God that we can't even compare to. You know, in the scheme of things, you know, there's, there's you know fish and animals and birds and stuff, and then there's humans, and then there's God that far above that is. We can't compare him to us. We can't assume that he's like us. Even. We are like him in some ways. We're created in his image, so he must look like us. You know? But it's that's far more than that. If you go back and study the the Hebrew words and the Greek words in relation to that, you find it's astounding the depth of that. But he's all wisdom and intelligence and power. He's all power. He created everything that is. You know, is our sun a powerful thing? Right? But in the scheme of the universe it's a speck compared to some of the suns out there. There's some suns that are so big they're just about swallowing our solar system whole. They're that big. You know, and, and he created that, and he gave them the capacity to give all that power to these, these, you know, luminaries out there. It's just magnificent. And people say, oh, wow, marvelous nothing. It all happened by chance. All that energy, all that power just popped into existence by chance. It's ridiculous. What do they take us for? Are we going to be fools and believe that garbage? Just because someone with all these letters after his name says that's what's happened? We've got to to use our mind and our intellect. God is intellectually satisfying. Who knows that? Okay, if God created the universe, who created God? That's the common one you hear. It's ridiculous. The endless regression. Well, eventually you must get to the beginning, if it keeps going back. But the fact is, how far back can you keep going? I believe it stops with the God Elohim. But God has revealed himself as the uncreated creator of the universe outside of time and space, outside of time and space, the uncreated creator of the universe, the God that just is. He exists because the fact that something exists, exists. The fact that we have a universe, the fact that there is life, is evidence that there has to be a life giver. Life doesn't pop into existence by mere chance out of nothing. You put nothing in a petri dish, how long what will it create over a billion years? Nothing? You know, and nothing, I'm talking about take the space out of there, take the air out of there, and nothing in a petri dish, leave it on a, on a, on a windowsill for, or even with the sun shining on it, for a billion years, and what's going to happen? I don't know. you think a human's going to crawl out of that? You think an amoeba's going to pop into existence? We haven't talking a little bit about about single cells, which is their theory that a single cell just appeared in a primal soup. So they have to have a primal soup. Where'd that come from?
1: I don't
0: know. Well, there was electricity, you know, lightning, shooting into primal soup. Where'd the lightning come from? Where'd that energy come from? I don't know. Oh, okay. You've got a lot of unanswered questions, scientists. Why? Because they will not, will not, no matter what. Say God exists. They will come up with anything possible to say God does not exist. So you have to ask yourself, so why? Why do they resist God? And it's simply because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spirits, spiritual forces of evil. We live in a world that's governed by Satan. Amen. It's governed by Satan. So, do, would do we expect the scientists of this world to be preaching God? No. So, as Christians, should we accept what they go and preach? No way. Even if they call us fools, I'd rather be a fool than have that intellect. He exists because of the fact that something exists. The fact that something exists is evidence that he must exist. And it is, I believe, the sheer pride of man to think that there could not possibly be a God who is greater than them. The sheer pride of man to think that there could not possibly be a God greater than they are. And just because we can't see him, he doesn't exist. But we have evidence all around us, isn't it? The problem with the who created God question is, if you rule God out as being the creator of the universe... And of all life, because you say who created God, then you have nothing created the first cause, and that is just sheer nonsense. If it's sheer nonsense to think that nothing caused the very first thing that took place in the universe, would you agree? Would you agree with that? It's absolute nonsense. It's a fairy tale. It doesn't, it doesn't equate. Everything that is caused
1: has a cause.
0: <laughs> Everything that, is, that comes into existence must have something that brought it there. You know, I've got a car, so I made it. This building was made, isn't it? But as soon as it gets to life forms, which humans can't create, they, can't, they don't want to say, oh, but there's a creator for us. They want to say, we just happen by chance, but everything we do is created. Only we are the creators. Only we can create. We can create cars, we can create shops, we can create houses, we can create entertainment systems and everything else that we all get given. And we say, well, we're the creators. Why can't there be a creator who created us? And why do they reject it? When it's the only plausible explanation... If God is a trinity and we should clearly see God revealed in all creation, as the word says, then we should see God in the things he has made, shouldn't we? What we find is that the trinity of God is all through his creation. So let's have a look at a few things. The created universe is actually a tri-universe of space, matter, and time. It's, everything is done in three. God just chose to do that because he wanted to. in along with the scripture, if he's going to say everything uh, that is revealed has been clearly seen in the things he's made, if he's going to reveal himself in the things he's made, he's going to do that in everything. And here we have that our universe is space, matter, and time, each permeating and representing the whole. However, the universe is not partly composed of space and partly of matter and partly of time, Like, for example, the three sides of a triangle. A trinity is not a trio or a triad, but a triunity, with each part comprising the whole. Yet all three are required to make the whole. So thus, the universe is all space, all time, and all matter, including energy as a form of matter, because without matter, we're energy, so they go together. In fact, many scientists speak of it as a space-matter-time continuum. Who's heard that? Yeah? What about light? God's first words in the Bible are, let there be light in Genesis 1.3 and also Jesus said I am the light of the world the visible light or white light which we can see is made up of these three colours, red, green and blue, scientists call them the primary colours of light Human eyes have three types of light cells to interpret all the visible light rays we see equal amounts of these three lights produces the appearance of white light in our brain Isn't that amazing? So light reveals the Trinity of God. Each human consists of three parts of his person, to his person, physical, mental, and spiritual. So we are a uh, Trinity of person, physical, mental, and spiritual, flesh, mind, and soul. We have the sun, the earth, and the moon. We require the sun, we require the moon. We're we're a a Trinity of of a planet. These three things. And in the sense the Sun is like God the Father, the earth is like God the Sun, and the Moon is like the Holy Spirit. Fire needs heat, fuel, and oxygen to exist. Water, which is the vital uh, which is vital for life, consists of three molecules: two hydrogen and one oxygen. And you've got uh, two hydrogens on either side of the oxygen. So it's a trinity. Water is a trinity. Also, water is in three states: liquid, steam, and ice. The basic building blocks of the material universe are atoms, and they consist of protons, neutrons, and electrons. See, God, God wants us to see it. He makes it so obvious, and these are only a few of them. There's a lot more. I just didn't want to keep going with it. He's got a clearly designed world. The world is clearly designed, and these are just a few examples. It's exactly the right distance from the sun and 5% closer and the oceans would boil 5% further and they would freeze. The earth's orbit is perfectly circular. If it was elliptical, it would be too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. Uh, If the earth's rotation was slower, the days would be unbearable. Um, will be unbearably hot and nights unbearably cold. If it was was faster, the winds would blow so strongly no one would be able to stand up. It's creating the conditions for a perfect Earth to put life on. Uh, The Earth has an unusually large moon and its gravitational pull causes the tides, which in turn cleanses the ocean's uh, shore and puts oxygen back in the water by moving and therefore supporting aquatic life. And then we have this planet Jupiter um, which is with strong gravity it, it's just in the right position to pull many comets and medials into it averting them from the crashing from crashing into the earth and killing much of its life so it's just there it's like a protection for us God just knows he just placed it wanted life on earth and so he created all these forces and that's not all the physical constants of the universe are amazingly fine tuned the constants of the laws of physics, such as the speed of light, the weak of nuclear forces, the ratio of neutron mass to proton mass, the gravitational constant, and 30 other physical constants are finely tuned to a very precise degree, such as if they were altered even slightly, the universe would either be prevented from existing, would not have matter, or would be unsuitable for any form of life. These things are so finely tuned that just one of them, just one of them, wasn't tuned the way it is, life would not exist. And there's over 30 of these constants that must be in place for life to be. One of the chances they, that they estimate the chances of that just happening by chance is the probability of it is so great, it's improbable altogether. The amount of zeros that comes after the number is so large that they just say it's it could not possibly have happened by chance out of the question. And that's, anyone who studies this comes to the same conclusion. How many times have you seen that, Matthew, in the things you've studied? It's just over and over again, we see it's just not possible. Trey Smith, he said this, the inside of a cell is a living, breathing, high performance, no nonsense, no joke factory. It is larger in its inner world than New York City with all its little parts doing very specific jobs. It doesn't have spare parts in there. Every single piece is serving a precision role to every other part, which means at its inception, it has to start as a complete piece, otherwise it wouldn't exist at all. It's gotta start as one whole piece. If it doesn't start with all the components working properly, it wouldn't. Take one piece away and the cell dies. So it needs to have started from a... uh, And the inception of it must be the whole thing there in one complete form. In fact, if you took every piece of technology that mankind have ever made, packed it into a space so small that you could barely see it with our largest microscopes, you would still be light years away from the technology employed in the single cell. We are technologically so so down the line in comparison to this technology. This is so much further advanced than anything man has ever been able to create. It astounds scientists who study it. Single cells are dependent on things. Single cells are not just dependent on its internal parts, but are dependent on the external world as well. They can't exist on their own in other words. Cells are dependent on other things, which are dependent on other things, which are dependent on other things until you realize that all of it is dependent on everything. So they're all dependent on other things. Everything depends on something else, on something, else on something else, on something else, until we get up to full-grown humans, and do humans depend on other humans? Yeah? Well, if you didn't have any humans, who's gonna pay you? <laughs> for your work? You know, we all depend on others for something in life. You know, you want a house, you can't do it all your own, you yourself unless you're mental, but you'd you have to get someone else to come and do it for you, you know? What about a baby? How long would a baby last if they didn't have parents? Give birth to a baby. How long would, would it live without a parent? We all need each other. But it's not just at this level, at the macro level. It's also at the micro level. As the further it goes down, how long does a body system survive without a liver? Take the liver out. How long will you live life? If you take your kidneys out, if you take them both out, how long will you live? Not very long. You take your heart out, how long are you going to live? Yeah. You know, everything depends on everything. For evolution to be true, that wouldn't be true. For macroevolution to be true, you could, you know, start with no heart and eventually grow a heart. You know what I mean? But it doesn't work like right that. You need the whole system in one bag, just everything there. Bang! Which is what the Bible says happened, happened in the beginning. But evolution, macroevolution, does not say that. If macroevolution is true, and, every, and a single cell popped into existence, it would immediately die because all the other stuff they are dependent on is not in, it's not in place. It's almost like these so-called accidents, which is what scientists tell tell us, were coordinated. Every living biological organism on this planet is constructed of little bitty factories. These factories are all doing sophisticated operations within the entirety of the cell. Each of these factories have tons of parts all working together doing these precision jobs, but they are not doing these jobs on their own.
1: These factories, get
0: this, need sets of instructions. Software, they need software. All of the parts of the cell are not randomly doing jobs, they are doing them based on digital coding, which is giving instructions to all of the machines. So machines not only have to have 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 to have been designed to work with the software, but the software has to be designed to give instructions to the machines. When you start considering that, like the DNA thing that comes through and it, it replicates it and it's it sort of like a photocopy, it comes through and it photocopies what's going on there, that software that's causing that. Now, that what drives that? What gave that software to these things in the cell? It surely wasn't nothing, you know. And any scientist will tell you that that technology is a million times more advanced than the technology here on this computer. This this is so antiquated in comparison to that. So, what we've got is a God that is so technologically advanced, it's mind-blowing. And perhaps we could excuse the ignorance because of the fact that he's so great that they can't recognize him at all. But can you excuse that? What does the Bible say in Revelation 20? Men will be without excuse. Men will be without excuse because everything is you can see God in everything. Yeah, we're not going to have an excuse who's getting this or who's born put your hand up if you're born I, I should have put my hand up <laughs> I hope you're seeing this because I want to, to make you guys think man, you know what I believe in a real God I believe in a God that has ample evidence I believe in a God and it's, he is so amazing I've never considered how mind-blowingly amazing he really is And it should make you want to study God for the rest of your life with passion. You know, the study of theology is rarely done these days because we get this notion that it's boring. Who gets that notion when you think of theology? Who who straight away would think, oh, theology is boring? Yeah. Why is that? Because of some chubby professor who discourses in such a boring manner that you fall asleep I hope anyone's not falling asleep because I'm boring. But theology is the greatest study a man could do. Seriously, it is the highest study, the highest occupation of the mind. You couldn't do anything which is gonna elevate you uh, intellectually to a higher plane. There's nothing greater in the universe than theology. The study of our great God who created this incredible existence that we have you know, right down to the level, mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. The human body, this is just to finish, I just want to quickly run through the human body. Who's familiar with that drawing? Yeah, he was pretty amazed with the human body. Don't know whether he was a Christian. So he wasn't that smart. He was a pretty smart guy, but if he didn't find Christ, how dumb was he? All his intelligence, did was cast into hell. Because the Bible also clearly speaks about hell, and if you deny that, then we could to have a chat because the Bible says it over and over again. And that's what it comes down to who's going to, who's going to get through. Creation is an eager expectation, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, those that believe in Jesus Christ. What's, that, what's it talking about there in that scripture? It's talking about after the judgment, those that receive eternal life the angels look into these things the angels can't wait to find out who receives eternal life in the kingdom of God who's going to receive you know when it comes down to it guys this is this this life how long have you got how long are we going to be here for a very short time make the most of every single day make the most of this life Seek God with all your heart. Don't let another day go past where you just waste it on the world. And waste it on anything but focusing on Jesus Christ. Because you want to make sure that you're there. You want to make sure that you, you enter into that eternal dwelling with Jesus Christ. Now the systems of the human body. I've always talked about this, but I've finally got to found out all the systems of the human body. There's a few. Uh, we have a cardiovascular system, we have a circulatory system, we have a digestive system and an excretory system. We have an endocrine system which provides chemical uh, communications within the body using hormones. We have an, this is a hard integumentary system uh, and an exocrine system which is our skin and hair, nails sweat sweat and other exocrine glands. We have a lymphatic system, which is the system comprising a network of lymphatic vessels that carry the clear fluid uh, called lymph. We have an immune system, which defends the body against disease-causing agents. We have a muscular system and a skeletal system, a nervous system, which collects and processes information from the senses via nerves and the brain cells and tells the muscles to contract and cause physical action. We have a renal system and a urinary system, which is uh, the system where the kidneys is full to blood. We have a reproductive system, and we have a rep- respiratory system. Now, there's a few systems there. How many would you have counted, do you think? 12. Four. 14, okay. four, something, yeah. That's a few systems. But which one evolved first? Which one evolved first? All these systems are critical for our survival. If people don't think they are, then see how long you last without your nervous system. See how long you last without your immune system. See how long you last without your excretory system. You can last without your reproductive system, but you won't have a child. Right? So you won't be able to bring the next generation into existence. But all these systems are critical for our survival, all are highly complex, intricate, intricately designed, masterpieces, and if you take one system away, we would die. This goes for all life forms. All life forms are the same. They don't have exactly the same combination of systems that we do, but they all have, even right down to the microscopic insect, they all have quite a few, 10, 12 different systems that make them work. You take one system away and they don't work, they die. So my point is, the eternal question is, the complexity of the systems of the human body can be seen in all creatures, amen, you can see them. The eternal question is, if every system of a bodily form is absolutely essential for survival of that body, in that it would die without it, according to macroevolution, which system evolved first? Which system evolved first? Coming out of the primordial soup, which system came out first? Did the skeletal system crawl up onto the beach and just lay there? Did the muscular system just flop out and come up and grab the skeletal system and jump on it? Did it? And then the nervous system, hey, out come the nervous system and just, I'm going to slip myself in here. (laughs) Put the muscles on, put the bones on, go up and down the spine. And now trigger the line, Shh. but hold on, we're going to die because we're going to get diseased. Immune system crawls out, jumps on. Who knows, if you take one system out, it dies. If one system crawls up on the beach, it will die. And you know what they say? Oh, that's not how macroevolution works. I said, well, explain it to me then. What crawls out of the water first? Or we'll start with an amoeba. Really? How long would an amoeba survive by itself? If you get a little amoeba and flick it in the ocean, how long will it live?
1: The moment you separate it, it will just perish immediately. They
0: have to go through this, just to separate these things and keep them alive, they have to go through this quite a complex procedure, and there's a lot of intelligence in that procedure to keep it alive somehow. And it took them years to work out how to do it to keep them alive. But they believe that that little thing was fine, just swimming around in the primordial soup, and then something else went attached on, and something else attached on to it, and then the next thing you know, a, a muscle formed, or whatever. I don't know how they think it's possible. It's total lunacy, total lunacy. It just—it's just ridiculous if you really think about it. And I lie there at night thinking, what is man into? And the majority believe this garbage and you think you're a fool for believing that there's an almighty creator. And you know, they say, Oh, God of the gaps, God of the gaps. You're, it's just you're copping out. Cop you're going, out of what?
1: If it's the truth,
0: how does that cop out? No, because they want to find an explanation without God. And I'm thinking, But the truth is that God did it. If you try to find an explanation without Him, you're deceiving yourself.
1: And those
0: that are listening to you. Because you're denying the truth.
1: There's
0: only one way we all got here. There's not a dozen ways we all got here. There's one way. Isn't there? One way. It could only have been one way. Historically, certain thing happened, certain thing happened. The Bible tells us the days and everything, and then thing happened, thing happened, thing happened, thing happened, and then bang, we're here. And the final thing was God had a body formed. And he breathed, gave it life. The whole body, one form, complete, all 12 systems, bang, in that body. And he breathed and it came into being. A living human being. Only God could do that. Only God could land out on the ground and fashion out of the earth and, and, and create and fashion the human body with all its complexities. Because it's. Mind blowingly complex. Mind blowing. On top of that, if, if a male of any species of animals or birds managed to somehow crawl up out of the primordial suit, just say we give them that, fully formed, what would the chances be that at that very moment the perfect female would also crawl out of the primordial suit? The perfect counterpart, the perfect opposite with the right reproductive system so that they can then have children and prolong their survival. But guess what else? They would to survive unless plants crawled out of that primordial soup. Fruit bearing plants which they could eat from. And if they meat eaters then you'd also have to have all the animals coming out because how long would you survive if you can't eat? And then get this. Was it a baby that crawled out? Where's the mother? Who's going to support the little thing? Is it going to just perish? Or is it going to swing back to the pond and I'll say, in the pile and I'll a woman here. I'll stay in here until I'm fully grown. Lunacy. Stupidity. Right? And don't think just because you're in church that I've pulled the wool over your eyes. Seriously, you're in church to have the world pulled away from your eyes, so you can understand that God that you serve is a real, living, true God. Way, way beyond us. Way beyond us. Do you know, man? With all their science and technology, they still can't create something like a human. They can't even create a little insect. They can't create the smallest thing that God made. And you know what? They never will. Because only God knows the code. Only God knows how to put the software in. Only God knows how to fashion cells at that level, so tiny. Man, how the are they going to make those cells like that? What sort of implements are they going to use? Now like, oh, let's make a mitochondria. How do you make that? I don't know, I'll just make it somehow. You know? It will be all circuitry and wires and stuff and it will just be too big. Uh, forget it. Let's not use sellers. Let's just use robotics. And then you don't have a human. You don't have an animal. You don't have anything like that. They will never, ever achieve it. Unless somehow they can create something that lives. Do mankind create living things? No. So you know what they're going to I've heard people teach this. Oh, well, I created my child. Don't you didn't. Created a child,
1: You gave birth. God knit
0: the baby together in your womb, He you didn't create that child. Stupid language. Oh, I'm using harsh words here stupid. Maybe because it's stupid. <laughs> it's not beat around the bush politically correct, it's stupidity at its finest. And I've given you enough information today that if anyone ever tries to talk to you about this, that if you just can get this all in your head, you can just elaborate and prove Over and over again, you prove God and the reality of God and the need for the Creator and that there couldn't be anyone but the Creator again. Amen? Yeah. And children, when you're in science class and they're trying to teach evolution to you, you can sit back and just quietly laugh to yourself. Just treat it like watching an Eddie Murphy movie or something. Sit back and roar with laughter. You'll get in trouble. So. Yeah, good way of getting in Yeah. But look, this is the thing. Who knows Richard Dawkins? Yeah. Appropriate name. But he's, um, uh, I saw a video, and he walked into a science class in a Christian school. And he started to teach his stuff to these Christian kids. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what he's saying, and I'm thinking, gee, I wish I was in that classroom. And then at the end, someone goes, um, well, what caused everything to come into existence? And he goes, well, you know, we don't know, but la, 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 And the politician just kept talking. And then he, um, he he moved away and said, asking for more questions. And no one else was watching the world, no one was keeping you, any of this stuff.
1: You know what? If you had Richard Dawkins come into your class and you knew what I
0: talked about today, and he came in and he started to give you his spill, you would have so much to quiz him with and you could basically corner him. And it don't, you don't have to be the great smartest person in the world. You could corner a supposedly high level scientist because he doesn't know the answer to what caused the law. He simply says, We don't know. And he thinks that's being, you know, modest. And, uh, you know, that book me, I'm just saying I don't know. I'm not trying to claim to know everything like you Christians. But the fact is, you know, they don't know. Because if you if God's not in the equation, you don't know. And who knows? It's only those that know
1: God. That's why they don't know. They don't know
0: their God. And when I say their God, did God create everything? Did God create each and every single one of us? Right. So we can say Richard Dawkins does not know his God. You know, as I said quite a few times in the past as well, that mankind worldwide, mankind worldwide will say things like, oh my God. How many atheists have you heard say, Oh my God? Who says oh my God? Yeah? Well, you know what? Christians are the ones shouldn't be allowed to say, Oh my God, because we claim he is oh my God. But atheists say, Oh my God. Actually, they say Jesus Christ more than we do. Right? But their, their lips testify that they have a God. Oh my God. Their own tongue will testify over and over again every single day, and they don't even see it. Clearly revealed. Clearly revealed and without excuse. Your own lips tell them every day, oh my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Every day they testify to it, testify to it, testify to it. God's gonna a Monday shut up. So you know you testified to me every day of your life. <laughs> and you denied me on time. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? God makes sure. He's made sure that at the judgment everyone will get what they deserve. Just make sure that you are on the right side of God. Stand on the right side of God. Be with God. Commit to Him. Live for Him. Put Him first. Put Him first because you don't know when you're going to meet your Creator. You don't know when. Who knows? When we're going to meet with Creator. Okay? Amen. So Lord, thank you for this time to preach to these wonderful people and I just pray that this message has had a positive impact on everybody here. Um, And I just pray that you just bless this time now of uh, fellowship and that we have a wonderful time uh, together everyone here. And uh, may you help us to just look into these things more and more and uh, get our faith increased, get our faith uh, powerfully moved um, as we continue to seek and look into the things of God. So be with us now and uh, watch over us all this week. Cover us all with your precious blood, Lord. Put your angels around us and protect us and keep us in your will, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.